Rebecca Cassava, CEO of Dealmaker, and Mark Hubbard, managing partner of Renew Venture Capital, today's guests, work collaboratively to enhance access to capital for underestimated entrepreneurs, bringing the best of crowdfunding and venture capital together. They will share insights about their work and their superpowers. I'm your host, Evan Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good Show. Rebecca, Mark, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation today. I'm so excited to talk to you too. You're just great people. Thanks for having us, Devin. Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks so much. Well, we're, we're, we're thrilled. Uh, Rebecca, you were uh, a sponsor. Uh, Dealmaker Tech was a, a sponsor of SuperCrowd22. I need to thank you for that. Really, I'm grateful. Uh, you really made such a huge difference in making that event possible. And it was... Uh, tremendously successful uh, because of you. So thank you. Um, and you also played an important role on the program as well. So we're, we're thrilled about that. Well, um, we're happy to do it. You're, you're doing great things for the community and, and doing in a really positive way. So we are more than happy to be a part of it. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you. And, and, and you and Mark are working in an interesting collaboration I need to know more about. I just... I've only scratched the surface of this, but but Mark has a, a venture fund that is um, doing amazing things uh, and uh, with a focus on impact and uh, funding diverse entrepreneurs. And you're doing, uh, you know, brokering crowdfunding deals uh, and really changing the game, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, how are you collaborating uh, Rebecca, do you want to take a crack at, at explaining what you're doing? Yeah, well, you know, as a technology company, we feel so privileged to have partners like Mark with his deep background and expertise in venture capital and private equity and global experience and him really understanding the mission and vision of a lot of different founders that need to be supported uh, is really exciting to us. And in terms of the growth for the space. Like for us as the rails of pre-IPO capital raising, a big part of what we see on our system is equity crowdfunding. And we are seeing that type of capital raising funding female and minority founders to the tune of 15 to 30% higher rate than more traditional forms of finance. And, and folks like Mark being in the space really pushing the envelope and making a difference in those numbers, we're thrilled to be able to support what he's doing. Mark, how are you working with her? This is such an interesting merger of crowdfunding and venture capital. How is it working for you? Sure. Well, I mean, we can talk about the reasons why um, why I think uh, reggae and these crowdfunding kinds of of, um, of opportunities in the impact world and in you know specifically are 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 such an important development in a little bit. Um, I mean, Renew Venture Capital is dedicated to f to funding to supporting really right like two kinds of founders. Um, uh, uh, one founder is an impact company that wants to be a big company. They want to grow and they want to do really well and exit. And, and uh, uh, but where impact is at the core of what they do. Right. So the bigger they get, the more impact there is. Um, those founders can be any kind of person at all. It can be a white guy. That's fine. Um, uh, we also fund women and historically excluded founders. And those companies can be really any kind of non-destructive company because, I mean, you know the numbers in venture capital. There's impact in trying to open up the asset class 
to uh, to women and historically excluded founders. And so when you look across that group, that's also a group that's incredibly well suited for crowdfunding. And so then for us, you know, that's that's uh, both committed to financial return and, you know, kinds of justice kinds of work uh, um, for us. Then we have to go find out who has the best. I mean, we don't have that tech. We don't have that platform. We don't have the infrastructure to do that kind of work. Um, and it just happened to align that, yeah, the best tech is it happens to be a deal maker. A deal maker happens to be a you know a, a founded by a brilliant securities attorney woman. Uh, um, it just it, it all couldn't be a, a better fit for us to be able to work together um, on this particular effort. Yeah, well, I I really love the way Mark that I see you walking the talk. Um, it, you know, I was looking at your website and your and looking at the general partner suite, and uh, it's four women. Uh, you know, kind of a rainbow of colors, if you'll forgive me. Uh, and uh, it, it's really kind of uh, just authentic is the uh -huh. way that your commitment to this uh, feels. And and I love that you highlighted that partnering with Rebecca uh, and DealTech, uh, DealMaker, uh, is strategic in that way too, right? Uh, that you're looking through a lens that identifies opportunities to, to, to literally walk this talk. Uh, Rebecca, some of that must be important to you. H how has that become, how has your partnership with Renew allowed you to do things that you couldn't do otherwise? Well, for me, I you know, this kind of impact on the world has always been a very personal part of the why. Why do I do what I do? Uh, why do I, you know, get out of bed in the morning? And I always say, as you know, once you're a woman working, you're dedicated to your career, and then you have kids, you have to feel really strongly about what you're doing to want to spend a lot of time away from your kids. And so I feel very personally fulfilled when we can partner with people like Mark, and the work that they're doing in the space. And Devin, I think a lot of the work that you do, you know, some of the sessions we had at Supercrowd, because to me, if I can do what I do and make that kind of positive change in the world for different kinds of founders to get access to capital, and I can see that that's the impact that dealmakers having, having on the capital markets, that's incredibly fulfilling for me. And that's incredibly fulfilling for my team. Part of what we set out to do in building the dealmaker technology was really to create the rails for the pre-IPO world. We saw founders struggling with the costs of capital raising and it being a highly manual process. And we wanted to give them a technology that would help them do it better, faster, cheaper. And so to see that, you know, fast forward the four years we've been in business and, and the incredible impact that's had on the ecosystem and to really see the numbers and the way that's changing the game, I think for, for our team, it just contributes to the why we do what we do um, to create one global capital market that's accessible by everybody. Yeah. Uh, Mark, uh, can you give us an example of a transaction that you have done in partnership with DealMaker? Uh, sure. Well, we're about to launch the very first one, um, okay. uh, which will happen in the next, I don't know, probably a couple of weeks, um, waiting on the final piece of regulatory. So I, I probably shouldn't give you a name, a name um, okay. 
But it's a it's a good example. I mean, so the, for founders, there's really two reasons in my mind um, why you do a, a reg A like this, why you do any kind of crowdfunding, but particularly a reg A. Um, it's not for I mean, crowdfunding has been great. It's a it's a great part of the marketplace, uh, sort of that five million and below <coughs> uh, round. But but, you know, when, when you have a company that wants to be sort of market dominant. Uh, um, there's comes a stage where you've been around a while and, and you don't really need, you know, $5 million is a lot of money, but you need growth capital, right? You need institutional level capital to be able to become a, a, a true market leader. Um, and that's really difficult to do. And so one option is, is to go to private equity, right? Or, or to growth venture and only a small percentage of companies fit that anyway. Uh, um, but the other now, right, is an op- opportunity for something like this where you can raise up to $75 million and it's a real money, real institutional level money. But but on top of that, um, and you'll see when this one comes out, it'll be a really good example of this. Um, these founders can now take, you know, customers and communities and think about our, our founders. You know, our founders are you know, social impact companies, women, historically excluded founders. They're some of the best community builders in the world, right? Right, And that now they can take those communities and those customers and transform them from, from their current state, right, into owners and advocates. And so not only do you get, uh, uh, not only do you get the capital you need, right, for expansion, you also have now developed this whole new class um, of folks that are going to drive sales. So you really, you, you affect, you know, all levels of finance in the company. Um, and there are almost, you know, the very few opportunities to do that in a capital stack. Um, and that's, you know, incredibly exciting on top of the fact that you're also choosing to affect the financial lives of people of like real people that care about what you're doing. Right. Uh, um, you're choosing to affect their financial lives and perform for them. Right. In a way that was never, you know, you weren't ever able to bring people around a mission like that before. Yeah, like we have multiple clients who have told me, you know, a robotics company, a trucking parts company who have told me the major contracts that they got through investors they brought in through their crowdfunding reggae campaigns. That's pivotal change for the company. It's always been a huge benefit for me. You know, my investor base, I, I did, you know, small checks from a wide, large number of people, and they've been a of phenomenal supporters, the best supporters that and champions that I could have, whatever I need, I can go out to them, I can rely on them, whether it's making an introduction, bouncing something off them. The benefits of that, having all of those partners really invested in your story um, is really, we're trying to really tell that story so that founders can understand this is a viable path to capital and it has a lot of different benefits that you may not see with other types of capital. It, it really does. Uh, and it's interesting that you're both seeing this synergy between revenue development and in the investor base, right? That you get people who may not be your traditional private equity investors who may throw in a thousand or two thousand bucks into a deal, but now they're committed in a way they never would have been absent Reg A or Reg CF. And uh, they may have very strategic relationships, uh, even though they weren't uh, typically part of a, a capital stack. It's interesting that you're both seeing that. Um, as you think about uh, how you'll work together, what does the operation look like? Uh, I, I'm, I hate to ask you to pull back the kimono so far, but I'm trying to understand how the how the capital will move, what the the operational steps are so that 
uh, other people can model that and and you probably don't want to share it so people can model it but but uh, you know i want to see good replicated uh what, what can you share with us uh i'll take that i mean the uh, the approach for this particular piece and and look you keep in mind right dealmaker uh does everything right? They do everything. All kinds of companies, all kinds of situations. We just mentioned a robotics company, uh, uh, right? Where there's you know big social mission on that front. Uh, um, so like you know it it, it uh, uh, they have lots of options. We, we were tr- we came to Dealmaker and said this is a market that we care about deeply, that we fund, that we want to see more success in, that we we want to see more activity in. And can we work together? Because I don't have any of the really right expertise or or uh, or or you know compliance infrastructure or technology infrastructure to go after these but this particular part of the market together and so um and so you'll see some stuff popping up soon some some joint you know joint websites we're we're, we're sort of calling them at renew vc we're calling them purpose rounds so right instead of doing a private equity round you can do a purpose round. Um, and so you'll uh, you'll see some of that pop up. And then the truth is, you know, when, if you want to pull the Komodo back when it comes to the impact side and sort of the capital stack financing structure uh, um, piece, right? Like that's very much us. And when it comes to everything that, that requires, you know, um, actual know-how, that's, that's all going to be, be deal, deal maker um, because they're the experts in the business. Yeah, I think for us, it's key to get these important deals like this funded, right? And that happens through a variety of different structural ways um, from getting the offerings cleared to getting them up and live to getting their conversion ratios up um, and getting the messaging out there. So there's a bunch of different components um, to doing a retail offering. And and we want to make sure that what happens with Mark's deals is the best of the best. I want to drill down just a little more on what you're bringing to the table, Rebecca, because I think it's really important. Uh, And maybe I misunderstand, and please forgive me if I do, but I think you're bringing more than just a portal where people can bring their offering and their own investor network. I think you're bringing more than that. Tell us about what you're bringing in addition to a legally compliant platform where money can be raised legally. Yeah, I think the technology always sits at the core of it. And a lot of the knowledge and processes are built into the technology. And we're constantly upgrading that so that uh, folks like Renew can continue to do these offerings better, faster, cheaper, and companies can get funded better, faster, cheaper. Um, But I think at its core, there's a bunch of different segments, right? You've got to think about um, the way that the offering is structured and that's what Mark's team is doing. And then we'll help them with everything to, um, you know, they're going to have their legal team prepare offering documents. They might use our broker dealer to help sign off and get those offering documents cleared. We set up a technology portal to help them go live our marketing team might help them craft their messaging, or maybe they want to complement our marketing team with other marketing teams um, or craft their own marketing messaging to make sure that the story that goes out to investors is really resonates with them and they can understand the message very quickly. Because we all know when you're um, clicking through things online, messaging has to be very crisp and it has to hit home very quickly. And I think that's what's so exciting 
about impact investing and what Mark's doing is a lot of the trends that we're seeing is people want um, the age demographics are skewing younger and those folks really want to feel good about the stories that they're investing in so that they can champion and do what we were talking about and go out to their own network and say, you know, here's the product that's socially conscious. I'm a shareholder in this company. You guys should use this socially conscious soap that I like to buy because I'm a shareholder in it and they can really champion that message and create that network effect so that these kinds of companies can become even more successful through um, their investor base. And so then beyond the offering, there's, there's a huge component now to engaging that community that you've built and Mark can help his companies with engagement of their community and create that nice flywheel um, with continual video messaging. Hey, here's the factory that we just built with your money. This is how we did it and continue to keep people involved in their cause and really championing that cause. And so we're developing best practices around all of those things that we're doing with a lot of our clients um, like Mark, who are really pushing the boundaries on this. And then this space can just continue to evolve and become better, faster, cheaper. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I really appreciate you guys sharing a little bit the private parts here and uh, helping to uh, illustrate what you're doing so uh, clearly. So thank you. Uh, as you guys have both accomplished a lot, uh, I mean, really, truly amazing things. Uh, uh, I, they just aren't words, right? Uh, for the level of success you're achieving, the great things you're doing, uh, I, I I, you know, I'm not worthy to be in the room with you guys and I'm grateful for what you're doing. Um, uh, Rebecca, you're too young to know the reference to not being worthy, but I think Mark, Mark remembers. Uh, yeah, the Nick and I, I think probably I watched uh, that. Uh, but yeah, anyway, sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, um, Rebecca. What is your superpower? It's an interesting question. I think if I was going to put it in a word, it would be storm. So the ability to create the storm and then the ability to have calm once the storm is brewing all around you. Interesting. Interesting. I, I am looking forward to digging into that more. Uh, Mark, what is your superpower? <laughs> well, that's not fair. That was all poetic. <laughs> I, I, I got to follow poetry. Um, uh, <clears throat> my superpower, gosh. Uh, uh, my father was a theater professor. Um, and so I grew up sort of deeply immersed in the theater. Um, and probably my favorite thing about the theater is that it's, it's one big empathy machine. Right? I mean, that's really what it functions as. Um, and so if I had to pull one that I would like to say is mine and certainly would be, let's say the firms, it would be empathy because quite frankly, the only way that we're going to have any success and meet any needs, right. Is if we have radical empathy with the people that we're caring for, the only way you build a tech product. I mean, Rebecca can attest to that, right? Radical empathy with your users is the only way you build uh, a tech platform that people want to use and, and would be delighted for. I um, mean, doubling back to some of these reasons, you know, it, it was really largely, partly my empathy for investors that 
that made me want to do this effort. I mean, uh, certainly it's a justice issue to allow, um, uh, you know, non-accredited investors to have access to the asset class. That's great. But, but you know, Devin, we're in the midst of this global paradigm shift where people are finally really, really wanting to align what they say they believe about the world with what their money makes possible, right? And you can do that with an ETF and you can do that with ESG and you can do that in all kinds of sort of large global national public stock ways and they're messy and there's no better way to do that on a direct one-to-one basis than to be able to invest in a company that's doing something aligned with your values. Um, And right, you know, before this, that wasn't possible. And so, uh, um, and so that, you know, empathy for investors, whether or not I can find a way to make money off of it or not, probably not <laughs> most of the time, um, you know, is valuable to me because I care about what they want to be able to have happen in their lives and in the world. And this, you know, allows that on a level that's, you know, not really been possible before. Yeah. Fascinating. We're going to come back. We'll talk more about empathy, but I want to visit with Rebecca about the storm, uh, Tell us a little bit about, and maybe you could share an example, a story of when you used this superpower uh, to create a storm, to create something successful, something you're proud of having done, maybe something with some impact, um, and how this storm uh, superpower entered into this success. Yeah, I think, Devin, the whole journey of, of building DealMaker or anything that I do when I'm getting a different business unit off the ground or solving a problem is a lot of the time about momentum, right? Getting your, It's slow at first, and sometimes it feels like you're moving backwards, but you're always trying to push the boulder up the hill, and that's you know harnessing the energy around you and really pushing all to create that storm and make a bunch of different things happen at the same time. And I'm always trying to make all those things happen really, really fast. And so when you're making a lot of things happening, things are inevitably breaking or problems are arising that you have to solve. And to me, as you know, that's startup life, right? That's being a founder is you're always putting out fires and you're running and you're trying to create momentum and being able to have a calm headspace throughout that and actually enjoy that journey um, is, I think, what gives me the ability to really love what I do and have the desire to create more disruption. Because even when things are breaking and falling down, and I'm, you know, of the 10 things I'm pushing, five of them are not working, um, being able to not have that stress you out and just be able to make a call and move forward. I think that's what I aspire to and and every founder aspires to so that they can make their business a success. Fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, Mark, as you think about empathy, let's ask you kind of the same question. Can you think of a time when you used empathy to accomplish something you're proud of having accomplished maybe with some positive impact uh, and explain how the empathy factored into that. Yeah. I mean, this firm is an exercise in empathy. Look, uh, so Renew was started by uh, uh, me and Paul Armstrong and we were college roommates, you know, 10 years ago when we were in college and, uh, (laughs) um, and don't chuckle. And uh, 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 Paul's the best product person I know in the whole world. So the best UX UI, 
you know, branding. Uh, um, uh, but we're two middle-aged white guys, you know, uh, uh, with facial hair and black glasses. And, um, and the idea that the two of us should run an impact fund, right. That that's focused both on impact companies and, and women founders and historically excluded founders is, you know, we would do fine, but that's a little silly. <laughs> and, um, and it is an exercise in empathy to go from that where frankly, that dynamic is, is the best, you know, that dynamic is the, is the best uh, economic arrangement for Paul and I, but to go from that to a world where we now have, we're now, you know, as a firm, we're 80% women and we're white and black and brown and, uh, an Asian and immigrant, And, uh, you know, all of that is an ex- exercise in empathizing with people who should be in the business and can't with people who should find funding and connect to investors, but can't, um, to investors that want to do amazing things in the world. Uh, um, but don't have that opportunity. That's all an exercise in empathy. Yeah, empathy is a great one. Rebecca, uh, as you think about this ability to to create a storm and build something from it, uh, how would you coach other people to develop that skill, that ability, even if they can't bring it to your level? What could they do to, to get part of the way at least? That's a great question. I think um, self-awareness and and personal growth is really how you get there. You have to constantly be challenging yourself. That's why we have as one of our company values, self-learning is a big part of what we do. Um, Empathy really folds into it. I think Mark's is a really good one because we try to be really transparent, no politics type of organization and learning and growing together and to do that, you you need to have empathy for the teammates around you because you need to give them feedback and you need to take their feedback and you have to learn and grow. Yeah, that's uh, that's great, great feedback. And, and Mark, how would you coach people to develop empathy? I mean, books Gosh. are written in piles about this, but it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. I, I recently read, you know, an author who is like, famous for her insights on empathy. Mm. And I found the book hollow. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard, I think, to learn empathy. How would you coach someone? Yeah. yeah good. So that, that easy setup. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And by the way, to what you just said, uh, you know, empathy is not weakness. Like I'm, I'm not soft. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, it doesn't, you know, those aren't connected in any way. They, they, they don't. And in fact, empathy is like you just said, it's, it's a hard, it's hard. It's, it's hard. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's painful, like intentional empathy, right? Sometimes it takes a, empathy in some ways is often kind of like putting uh, your happiness into the happiness of somebody else, right? So that what makes them happy makes you happy. And, but it has to, it has to be real. It can't be, you know, some fake version of that. That'll just make you resent them. Um, and that's hard. Like that, that's a really difficult thing to, um, to make happen. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I, I would say, going back to what I think drove a lot of it in me. Uh, well, I mean, for a lot of people, there's faith systems that help them, you know, do that. For me, that's certainly the case. But in addition to that, I, you know, consume art, I think, is, is not a bad thing. You know, te- te- television shows that aren't destructive, right? And and, um, and, and movies and uh, about people that are different than you uh, um, and from their point of view and um, really try to enter into those stories. And I mean, I know that's been hugely 
uh, affecting for, for me over the years. Uh, um, I've realized all kinds of things about myself, sort of belief systems or justifications I'd made that, you know, within the course of uh, an hour and a half movie, I just completely got torn apart. Um, and so that, I mean, that's a way, but like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a, it requires work. We don't always like to do work, yeah. but, yeah. uh, but I do, I think it requires, uh, work. Yeah. I, I, uh, that, that really resonates with me, uh, in a way that I hadn't ever thought about in terms of, of empathy, but I, I think about, uh, some of the early, uh, empathy building that I did in it, in effect was, you know, watching Spike Lee films back in the nineties, right. Uh, when, you know, Utah boy, you know, white Utah kid that, you know, I had met like three black people in my life when I was 25. Uh, I learned a lot just from art. Uh, so yeah, great, great point. And I had never really thought about it in quite those terms. Well, listen, guys, I really appreciate your time and, and the amazing work that you're doing and that you would take the time for this discussion today. I truly appreciate it. Um, before we go, let me ask you each, maybe Rebecca, you could go first, tell people how they can learn more about uh, Dealmaker and how they can connect with you more personally, whether that's social media or whatever you want to share, but coach people on how to learn more. Yeah, you can reach out to us, find out a bit more about what we do at info at dealmaker.tech or website is dealmaker.tech. You can grab me on LinkedIn or Twitter or hopefully soon I'll be setting up a public Instagram as well. So you can get a little bit more day in the life of me as a CEO and, and all the trials and tribulations and fun times we have building a company. Fantastic. What about you, Mark? How can people learn more about Renew? I mean, I, I'm sure that people want to invest in your fund. People want to get money from your fund. There might be more of those. Uh, <laughs> and, no, oddly enough, we're switching the other direction. And, and people, people want uh, they, they want to subscribe to wherever your sense of humor is on display. So <laughs> tell us about all that. Sure. Um, so the, the firm is Renew Venture Capital. It's Renew VC um, across almost all of the platforms. That's how, how you can find us, renewvc.com. Um, yeah, I'm Mark Hubbard. MW Hubby is my thing, M-W-H-U-B-B-Y. When Paul and I were in college, I had a radio show where I would read Dr. Zeus books that we called Nap Time with Hubby. And, uh, and therefore that became my lifelong hook. And so, uh, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn or maybe when I'm hating myself on Twitter. Uh, um, but, uh, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm available usually by MW hubby. Fantastic. Well, thank you both. Again, I'm so grateful for, uh, your willingness to take some time, uh, to, for this conversation and grateful for all the great work you're doing. Uh, and I'm excited about this new partnership you've got and thrilled to to look forward to following that in the coming months. So thank you again, and we wish you every success in all that great work. Thank you. Thank Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? 
visit devonthorpe.com. Then let's talk. Now keep using your superpowers for good. Together we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.